1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: In John 6.38, John 638, I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. His face has the appearance of lightning. Lightning is like a flash of light. And the Lord Jesus is the light of the world, as he said. And in Revelation 21, 23, Revelation 21, 23, it says that the city, the city in, in, in heaven has no need of the sun, no need of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. He's the light. His eyes, it says, Daniel describes his eyes as like lightning, and, and and they're searching they're penetrating as the eyes of christ are i the eyes of christ are described in, in hebrews 4 13 hebrews 14 4 13 neither is there any creature that's not manifest in his sight but we but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do he sees everything he sees through us it says his his feet you know, was like polished brass. Brass speaks of the earth, the metal that comes out of the earth, brass. Solomon had great mines in Israel for mining brass where the, where the, where the miners would, would had tunnels as they crawled down under the ground to mine these vast quantities of brass that went in to make up the articles of the temple. And it's, it's good to the dirt, brass. 1 Corinthians 15.47 1 Corinthians 15.47 The first man is of the earth. Earthy. 1 Corinthians 15.49 1 Corinthians 15.49 As we have borne the image of the earthy we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Brass speaks of the Lord as earthy because Christ became a man. Reminds me of a a, a conversation of a with an Orthodox rabbi a friend of mine last week and he, and he, and he says he could not believe that Jesus Christ was God. He asked me, he says, do you mean to tell me that Jesus is God and that and that God sat on a toilet? He said, that's disgusting. I said, well, did Moses sit in a toilet? He said, well, that's different. Moses is not God. And I said, yes, but God became a man in Jesus. And this is just the point of, of Daniel's vision here when he says in verse five, this is a certain man this is a man whose arms and his, 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 his feet are, are like polished brass. And, and, and Daniel has gone through this description of the Lord Jesus. He's described his body. He's described his face. He's described his eyes. He's described his arms, his feet. And now he says there's something very special about his voice. His voice, he says. His voice, he describes that. It's so special to Daniel that three times in this passage, he mentions his voice. He talks about his voice. In verse 6, the voice of his words. In verse 9, yet heard I the voice of his words. In verse 10, I heard the voice of his words. It's just so interesting that the verse doesn't say his voice sounded like a multitude. But in verse 6, the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. He's using a very, 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 very significant, a very special, very important description when Daniel says in all these times, The voice of his words. The voice of his words. He didn't have to say that. He could have just said his words were or his voice was. But it's the voice of his words. He's not just talking only about his voice when he says the voice of his word. He's not just talking only about his words only when he says the voice of his words. He's talking about the union, the togetherness. Of his voice and his words. In verse six, Daniel is saying that there is just something about him, this union of his voice and his words. It's like there was a marriage that took place between his voice and his words. It was just like God said in marriage in Matthew nineteen five. Matthew nineteen five, where Jesus said, "And for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain." but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. So in verse 6, in those other verses, when Daniel says the voice of his words, Daniel is saying that his voice and his words are married together. We're just like a man and a woman become married together into one flesh. And that man and that woman have, 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 have become one And so that you should never, no one should ever try to separate that man from that woman so his voice and his words have become one so that no one should ever try to separate his voice from his words, they are one. God's words and the voice of God are married together. They're married together. God wants us to hear his voice when we read his words because when God speaks, the Bible speaks. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. And, and, and to not hear the voice of God in the Bible, if you don't hear the voice, if, if a person doesn't hear the voice of God in the Bible, then the Bible becomes some, just another cold academic book on a shelf. And that's why the Bible is so special to us because in the Bible, we hear the voice of the Lord Jesus. We come to the Bible with a heavy heart. We're broken, broken. Michael has the return of malignancy. It's like a backpack of weight on us. It's weighing us down. We can go see this, eat this, do this, and that's just something just in front, but in the back there's that weight, that heaviness. And we need comfort. We need comfort. Or there's an uncertainty in something in our lives. We don't know the direction that we should take. It's not clear to us. And then we come to the Bible and as we come to the Bible, we find certain words, certain verses, certain passages that bring us comfort. Certain words that give us the direction that we need in our lives. And Jesus said, "This is called the light of life, the light of life." He said, "He says, he says." Uh, He's, and then we, we emerge from the Bible after we've read those certain words of comfort, those certain words of direction, and we just say, God spoke to me. It might have been in a hymn. It might have been in a letter. It might have been in something that someone else said, and you said, no, no, no. Like, like the lift driver yesterday, he said to me, this was not by accident. He said to me, this was not by accident that I picked you up. He said, uh, he said can, can we talk about religion? And I said, I don't wanna talk about religion, but I'll talk about God. And see, he said, this was not by accident. He said, and this is a way that God speaks to us. This is the way, this is how it happens. That's the voice of God. We hear the voice of God when we read the Bible. Last week I got a text message from George and Ruth Smith, who for years attended the chapel here. And this, and, 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 and they sent in the text a picture uh, of the cover of the book changed. Instead of it. And they wrote, Look at what my my look at what book my son-in-law Tim found. He had read it and passed it on to us to read. We are reading it while driving to our new home near Katy in Florida. We can hear your voice as we read it. We can hear your voice as we read it. Those are the words that we say to God when we read the Bible. Lord, we can hear your voice as we read this book. We hear the voice of God when we read the Bible. The voice of God we hear as we read is a special voice. It's a certain voice. The voice of God we hear when we read the Bible is so personal. The voice of God we hear as we read the Bible is so individual and so unique because when the Bible speaks to the needs of our hearts, It's the personal voice of God meeting the needs of our hearts. It's the individual voice of God. It's the unique voice of God. I I, I can't get over, uh, you know, recently there was a group of of, uh, researchers that that came to Loretto and came to the island off of Loretto Carmen because there's an unusual, I guess it's only there, bat in these caves and they were studying them. And, and, uh, and, and that caused me to be, get interested in bats. I never really thought about bats too much. But anyway, what I found was that bats have, individual bats have a unique, one-of-a-kind voice. You know, in San Antonio, there's a cave called the Bracken Cave, and in that cave, there's a colony of 20 million bats. And when they swarm outside, the sky just turns black, and they're flying all over the place. And you wonder why they don't crash into each other, but you just don't see casualties on the ground where bats crash. They don't. And not only that, a bat can identify another bat out of twenty million simply by its voice. Can you imagine that? Twenty million bat voices, and each and the bats know those individual voices because just like you and I and everybody on earth has an individual, one-of-a-kind fingerprint, and that these bats have an individual, one-of-a-kind voice, that they can recognize one bat out of 20 million. They can do that. Whales the same, dolphins the same, frogs the same. They recognize each other by their voice. And the same is true of people of you and I. Just as every person has a unique fingerprint, you can identify a person. You can see a person. You can identify a person based on their fingerprint. Well, it's the same way when you get a phone call on your cell phone, and without looking at the caller ID, you hear, "Hi, it's me," <laughs> and you know who it is. You know who it is simply by the voice, and, 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 and you say, and therefore you say, "Hi, it's me." You don't say, and the other person doesn't say, who is this? (laughs) They know you, because they know the sound of your voice. They know the sound of your voice. It's all about the sound of his voice, which is what the hymn in the garden is talking about, the hymn in the garden. I come to the garden alone, while the dew is still on the roses, and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. He walks with me, he talks with me, he tells me I am his own, And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. He walks with me, he talks with me, he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And this is what Daniel is talking about in verse six when he talks about the voice of his words. And just as the hymn says, he speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. None other has ever known. The voice is sweet to Daniel that none other has ever known. And that's what others around him, they heard the voice. It says in, 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 uh, in verse 7 that there was a great quaking that fell upon them. So they fled, they ran away, they hid themselves, but not Daniel. When Daniel heard the voice of his words, He said in verse 9, in verse 9, Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved. That's the sound of his voice. That's the sound of his voice that was communicated to Daniel that he was greatly beloved, that that, that he should not be afraid, that you'd be peace. And that's what the sound of the voice of the Lord Jesus communicates to us, that we are greatly beloved. In 1 John 3.16, 1 John 3.16, 3, hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And that's the reason that when we hear the sound of his voice, we respond by coming. We come to Christ because we follow him. It says in John 10.27, he said in John 10.27, my sheep, hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. See, the getting of eternal life, the giving of eternal life, it's all about hearing the voice of Christ. Not every one of his, not, not, not everyone does that. Not every, Those ones that were with Daniel, they ran away, they fled. Not everyone is a sheep. Not everyone responds to his voice by coming to him, he said that in John 10, 26. John 10, 26. But ye believe not because you are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Same Orthodox rabbi friend asked me this week. He said, Tom, why Jesus? Why Jesus? Why is it Jesus for you? Why is it not Buddha for you? Why is it not Muhammad for you? Why is it Jesus for you? And I told him. I said, it's because I know Jesus. I don't know Buddha. I don't know Muhammad. Because I know Jesus, I don't want to follow Buddha or Muhammad. I told him that I, I got to know Jesus and his voice as I read the Bible, as it says in John 10:4. John 10:4 When he put forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. It's all about hearing the voice of Christ and following him. And I know that if I did hear Buddha or Muhammad, I wouldn't recognize the voice of Buddha or Muhammad, as Jesus said in John 10:7. John 10:7 then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. And then he asked me, he said, There were so many people who claimed to be the Messiah. How do you know that they weren't the Messiah? How do you know that it's Jesus is the Messiah? And the answer is John 10, 8, John 10, 8. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not follow them. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Jesus gave life. He gave me life. He gave you life, a very full life, an eternal life. And Buddha and Muhammad did not give anyone life. And my Orthodox uh, uh, rabbi friend he, he told me that he was talking to a Gentile who comes to his temple and, and, and the Gentile tries to talk to him about Jesus and he said he doesn't even bother trying to convince her that, that Jesus is not the Messiah because he said she's not Jewish. But me, he tries to convince because I'm Jewish. But for God, it doesn't matter if a person is Jewish or not Jewish because every person, whether Jewish or not Jewish, comes to the Lord Jesus in exactly the same way Exactly the same. They hear his voice. They hear the voice of Jesus in the Bible. They come. All the Jewish sheep come. All the Gentile sheep come. They follow for one reason. They heard the voice. As he said in John ten sixteen. 16, John 10, 16, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, for they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. It's all about hearing the voice of Christ and coming to him. We hear, we hear his voice in our lives, we go to Christ. We hear his voice and, and after we die, we go to Christ. John 5.25, John 5.25, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they shall hear, they that hear shall live. It's all about hearing the voice of Christ. That's what living for eternity is all about, hearing the voice of Christ. You cannot separate, the words of God from the voice of God, just like in a marriage. The two are one flesh, let not man put asunder, which means you cannot separate the person of Christ from the words of Christ. You can't separate Christ from these words. That's why he's called in the book of John in the first chapter, he's called the word, the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the word was made flesh and dwelt among us for believers the voice of christ is an invitation it's an invitation to us it says in revelation 320 revelation 320 behold i stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door i will come into him and will sup with him and he with me but for the lost the voice of christ is a voice of warning it's a voice of warning Hebrews 3, 7, Hebrews 3, 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. So Daniel says in verse 6, the voice of his words. And he's raising an issue here. It's not just what was said, but it's who said it. This was the issue that Rebekah pressed hard and pushed on her son Jacob When she wanted Jacob to do something he didn't wanna do, she wanted Jacob to do the outrageous act of lying to his father Jacob and saying that he was Esau when he was not, tricking, deceiving, and he didn't wanna do it. But Rebekah pushed Jacob by emphasizing to him her voice to drive the one who was telling him to do this in in Genesis 27.8, Genesis 27.8. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Genesis 27, 13. Genesis 27, 13. His mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse, my son. Only obey my voice and go fetch me them. And then later when she sent him away, Genesis 27:43, 27:43. 27, 43, Genesis. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice and arise. Flee thou to Laban, my brother to Haran. It wasn't just what she said. It was who was saying it. Um, She was a strong woman. And she pushed Jacob into this by saying, obey my voice. Listen to my words, but hear my voice. Same with us, but not in a bad sense. Same with us in the Bible. God says to us, listen to the words and hear my voice. Understand who's saying this to you. Just as Rebecca said to Jacob, listen to what I'm saying and understand who's saying it to you. So Daniel says in verse six, I lifted up mine eyes and looked. And Daniel then considers this certain man. And now that we've considered the power of his word and how he as God is so closely tied to his word, Daniel could say the voice of his words and it gives us all the more force that Daniel could said when he first saw him, I lifted up mine eyes. He says in verse six, I lifted up my eyes and looked And behold, a certain man. That's how he's described by Daniel. A certain man. And what a certain man he is. He's a certain man, all right, from Philippians 2.6. Philippians 2.6. He is the man who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's a certain man. That's a certain man to think about. That's a certain man to consider. It says in Hebrews 7, 4, Hebrews 7, 4, we're going we're gonna to have communion here real soon. And when we do, that's God's call, consider, consider this person. Consider this man, Hebrews 7, 4. Now consider how great this man was, Hebrews 3, 1, Hebrews 3, 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the holy calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our faith, of our profession, Christ Jesus. Hebrews 12.3, Hebrews 12.3, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. So when we go for communion, we stand back and we consider how great Christ is.